want to welcome those that are online and welcome you that are here in person to Central Campus, my first address as the Central Campus pastor, and I am honored and excited about this next season. This little, a little lame boy hurried to the passenger gate of the railway station as fast as his crutches and basket of, of fruit and candy would permit. As the passengers rushed through the gate, a young man accidentally hit the basket, knocking the oranges and apples every direction. He stopped only long enough to scold the boy for being in his way. Another young man who was passing by saw the boy's distress and began to pick up his fruit. And as he placed it in the basket, he put a silver dollar in his hand with a better luck next time and a smile. And he went on his way. Hey, mister, the little boy said, are you Jesus? No, answered the friend, I'm only one of his followers. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This story really resonated with me on many levels, and it sets the tone for us spending some time together looking into this fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, in pertaining to kindness, which hopefully helps us to be more like Jesus. Let's pray together. So Lord, um, I just thank you, God, for your word which speaks clearly to our hearts. And Father, I want to get out of the way of that today. I want to pray, Father, for our friends online, wherever they would be. And I know there's many joining us from around the world today. And Father, for us here in person, I just pray, Lord, that your spirit and your will be done. I thank you, God, for this opportunity to continue to lean into the teachings of the fruits of the Spirit. And help us, oh God, to be more like Jesus in our day-to-day lives. We thank you and praise you in your name. Amen. Well, many times I've preached, I've found the leading of the Spirit brings me into a theme for the sermon. Not the topic of the sermon, but the theme in which I'll deliver it. And again, as it has happened a couple of different times, it seems that the Lord was leading me in this whole theme of remembering. It's like I need to bring to the forefront of my mind again something that I maybe have put in the back seat and of my life and of actions. And I'm so grateful for work done by fantastic authors and pastors like Rick Warren and Jerry Bridges, you know, Thomas Trask, Wade Goodall, Jim Irwin, Jeff Baker, and others. And during this time in history, I really feel that we need a reminder of kindness. I very much personally needed this reminder as I prepared for this weekend, and it's made me think of the kindness that God has shown me time and time again. Some days it would seem that kindness is in such short supply. I'm hearing in this in my own personal circle of friends. I'm hearing it within our city. I'm hearing it within our country. And unfortunately, friends, I'm hearing it within our church. The COVID issues has led to much division in the church. And I have spoken to people who have been so hurt by others through words and opinions and accusations and I, just, and I was, again, praying about this. And as I was praying, one of my faithful prayer partners sent me these words this week. They said, words are like eggs dropped from a great height. You can no more call them back than ignore the mess they leave when they fall. And I thought, boy, that's, that's really powerful for us as we look at kindness. 
Now, I said to Pastor Ashwin, I, I love to run my sermon uh, layouts by him. I so respect and admire him. And always like to say, you know what, if you ever want to take my preaching, I'll, I'll do something for you. You take the pulpit, I'll do something else. And they're like, so no, Pastor Wayne, you can do this. I said, okay, I got a great idea, Pastor Ashwin. I said, you know, being this is really a one-word sermon. The text is one word, kindness. I thought, here's what I could do, Pastor Ashwin. I could, I could, we could put the word kindness on the board on the screen. Then I could do a definition of kindness. Then I could actually challenge you to all go and be kind, and then I could close in prayer. It would be the shortest sermon ever preached at Center Street Church. On the weekend, I become the central campus pastor. Pastor Ashwin looked at me in that thoughtful way, and he says, well, Wayne, I think you better think that through very carefully, as well as your employment. Now, I, I, I am just so blessed to be able to kind of talk about this. And, and that is, is that a friend of mine once summarized what some have come to believe or think about um, kindness. And that is, they call it the golden rule. It's actually from Luke chapter 6. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But friends, I am here to challenge you and invite you to think that kindness is deeper. See, friends, kindness is deeply rooted in the character and nature of God. We know that kindness because almost all of us that claim the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior has experienced that kindness and goodness in our lives. And when I speak of kindness again, I'm not talking about being merely nice or polite. I'm talking about a quality that's representative of love and mercy, tenderness and compassion. It's an evidence, one evidence, of the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Now, in the next 20 minutes, I want to remind you that the Holy Spirit produces kindness, and it's the evidence of the Spirit. And as I prayed this through this week and was in preparing, I came to mind three areas of understanding for kindness that I want to present to you today. Number one, kindness is God-inspired. Secondly, kindness is Spirit-led. And thirdly, kindness is action-oriented. So first off, kindness is God-inspired. As I studied the scriptures dealing with kindness, it was not a surprise to me what I found. As the Bible teaches us that, that kindness, this God's kindness, doesn't come easily to us. It kind of made sense to me because at times, if I'm honest with you, and I'm going to be really transparent and honest during this message, that I've not always been kind. I've not always found it easy to be kind. And as I continue to look at this, the Bible actually teaches us that we don't naturally do these things. In fact, Christians are urged constantly to seek to be kinder in their lives. In Romans 3.12, it says that all have turned away. They have all together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. And this word likeness literally means, sorry, kindness is the same word as we find, find in Galatians 5.22. It's the same word. The word kindness translates from the Greek word Christotes. The meaning of Christotes is best found in our word kindness, that connection. Expanded, it means moral goodness. Jack Hayford describes this portion of the Holy Spirit as goodness in action, sweetness of disposition, gentleness in dealing with others, and full of benevolence. The word describes the ability to act for the welfare of those that are taxing your patience. 
The Holy Scripture can remove abrasive qualities from our character if we will surrender and listen to the Spirit on that. Jesus said something in the Gospel of Luke that I know I read. I read through the Bible every couple of years with my Moravian text, and I know I've read this chapter before and this verse before, but I don't think it really kind of stuck out to me as it had, right? It's, it, it's really called the Sermon on the Plain from Luke chapter 6, 35. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. And that's the part that's kind of familiar to many folks. But then he said, because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Now Jesus is not merely saying that God is kind to those bad people over there. He would want us to understand that at times, if we're really honest, we have been ungrateful. Maybe even wicked at times. And that's a label that maybe we all have worn one time in our lives, yet God still shows us kindness in spite of it. When I was in the Word this morning and doing my weekly journal, I just was looking at it going, thank you God for your kindness and your second chances for redemption. We need to constantly be in mind that the goal of fruitfulness is to grow both in the devotion to God and the likeness to him in our character and conduct. God's kindness leads sinners towards repentance, and that could be a whole sermon on itself from Romans 2.4. In Ephesians 2.7, in the context of our utter lostness and, and sin, Paul speaks of the incomparable riches of God's grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. He draws a familiar contrast in Titus 3.4. After describing our lost condition, he declares, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. It seems the Bible goes out of its way to portray the kindness of God in stark contrast with the undeservedness of us. So what lessons can we draw from these accounts of kindness of God? That he's kind to all men? Absolutely. You know, those that are ungrateful, the wicked, the utterly lost, the helpless, the rebellious, without distinction. We all can experience the kindness of God. Rick Warren says, I think God wants us to have a reputation for kindness. He inspired it, he modeled it, and it's evident of the Spirit in our lives. And then we reread in, in Philippians chapter 4, 5, your kindness should be known to all. It is God who's the author of kindness. It's not of our own doing. It's a supernatural piece that he's ex been the example for and that we need to lean into if we want to be like Kindness is God-inspired and exemplified. Hudson Taylor, famous missionary to China and founder of China Inland Mission, was asked to go to the home of a very poor woman because she was ill. And during that time, many other religious leaders charged people for such service, but the woman's family knew that Hudson would not charge. When he began to pray for her, he felt uncomfortable because he had a coin in his pocket and that, he knew, would help her in her poverty. As he knelt to pray, he hesitated, thinking that he should give her the coin. Yet he rationalized that he only had enough food in his own home for two more meals. When, he, when the conviction wouldn't go away, he gave the woman the coin. And as he knelt in prayer for her healing, he felt great freedom and encouragement. 
And friends, Taylor's example teaches us that we should not repress an urge to be kind. Ephesians 4.32 says, instead, be kind to one another. Be tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. See, friends, this thinking and understanding that kindness is from God, the author of kindness, and the example of kindness, helps us to respond differently, even while we're walking through this crazy COVID. It gives us a chance to be different and to help the world around us with that fruit of the Spirit and kindness. So the second thing is kindness is spirit-led. It's God-inspired, it's spirit-led. The fruit of the Spirit is not produced by human effort and trying harder, but formed through the surrenderance to the Holy Spirit. In the same time, our role is not passive. We need to be active and cooperate with the Spirit as he speaks and as he leads. And as we're filled with the Holy Spirit over a lifetime, the Spirit helps us conform to Jesus' likeness. And the emphasis here is not on techniques or models, but rather on the character qualities of Jesus that, in, that embodied the life that he lived that also can embody our lives as we interact with both with everybody in our circle of influence. Thomas Trask states, the fruit of the Spirit is also more than an attitude or a trait that we desire. It's the evidence of the Holy Spirit living in us. Now, some people have thought that the Holy Spirit is mystical or spooky or, or unapproachable, and these are not true um, perceptions. The Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of these evidences that we can have in our lives. The Holy Spirit's very approachable and desires that we listen to him, be like him, and walk like him. During my preparation, I actually thought I was going down another portion of scripture to illustrate this when the Lord clearly you know, spoke to me about going into and led me to Galatians 5.25, which wasn't on my radar at that time. And it says these words, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And there's two pieces with that, living and keeping in step with and as we walk in step with the Spirit, these virtues become the distinguishing marks of our life. And we can, if we live them, become more and more like Jesus, which I think during today's world needs to be a predominant theme, that we are more and more living like Jesus. Now, in the day that we are living in today, we need to reflect this life. We need to be these kind of people led by the Spirit and again, we take our model from Jesus because Jesus, when we look at Matthew 4, 1 and Mark 1, 12, Jesus himself was led by the Spirit. We see Peter throughout Acts 8 through 12 being led by the Spirit in numerous ways. And then Paul, of course, is writing on it in numerous books. And then I read Psalm 143:10, which says, let your good spirit lead me on level ground. That was just good for me to hear. Lead me on level ground. God's purpose in having the Holy Spirit dwell within the believers is that we might depend on him, be directed by him, and, and, and illustrate God's great love for the world through this one evidence of kindness. 
And friends, this is illustrated regularly here in our services, that when, when we're asked that question, what's God saying to you? For us to be listening to the Spirit, we're saying that. We, we are led by the Spirit. We want to be listening to what's being said. Listening to God, asking that question, basically in our discipleship, we talk about this moment as a kairos moment. There's chronos, which is linear time, and there's kairos, which means happening. Something's going on. And that pauses us to ask the Lord, what are you saying to me? We take time to observe and reflect and discuss And we take a look at that, and then we're able to move forward with, God, what are you asking me to do? You know, ever, as I was kind of thinking about this, and again, using those examples of observing, reflecting, and then a little bit of discussion, um, anybody coffee people here like coffee? Four of you. Awesome. No, there's more. I I like coffee, and I'm a Tim's guy. I enjoy my Tim's. When I go through Tim's close to my house, I know the lady who is normally there who gets my coffee, knows my voice, and has my my large one milk coffee, and we kind of talk back and forth. I love my Tim's. And so I I go through the drive-thru, and then at times I also um, have noticed, uh, at the same as noticed that there's somebody there with a sign just before I get to the drive-thru that's looking for help. It's got a cardboard sign. It's the same when I, at many days I come down at McKnight, uh, McKnight and Edmonton Trail and there's a fella um, or, you know, right in the middle of between the roads and got a sign and walking up and down the cars looking for, for, for some help. Now, if I'm honest with you, and I told you I was going to be, I've played the game of looking away so that they're not going to look at my eyes. He's not going to see or she's not going to see my eyes. You know, I'm hoping in the back of my mind going, okay, if the light just changes and I'm perfectly timed, I'm going to be able to get through and not have to interact. At the Tim's line, you know, if I'm, if I'm there, I'm going, okay, if, if the person just two cars ahead of me doesn't have a huge order, I'm going to be able to drive right up to the drive-thru and not have to stop and maybe interact. And embarrassed as I am to say this, sometimes I, I'll even look into the console to think that I'm looking for change to give that person the, the potential that I'm going to be kind to them. And as the Lord brought this back, I needed to repent, this, repent of this and embarrassed of it. However, I know that there is redemption. I know that he brought this, this message for me as well to be reminded of myself of being kind. But I also love, I love hearing stories about how the Spirit has led people to be kind. And, and so many times I've, I've seen and heard this, and there's a family that went on a family on mission trip with me to Vancouver. And they were led of the Spirit as in interacting and talking about different things. And they thought, you know what? I'm gonna, we're going to keep a box of granola bars in our car so that when we pull up and somebody is in need, we're going to be able to extend kindness to that individual. I thought, that's great. I love that, that they were ready to be kind. It wasn't just thinking about kindness. It wasn't reading about kindness. It was prepared and led to be kind. And it reminded me of Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is the Spirit's leading. I have some of the kindest, best friends and staff in the world that I've ever had the joy of serving and working with. They, They lead in kindness and responding to kindness. They offer to help. They're praying. They give of their efforts and their money and their time and talent to, to things like crossover camp and to the CSC campout, to outreach events, to barbecues, to compassionate ministries, to being here and volunteering on a regular basis and showing kindness to people. 
I am so inspired. I have these living examples of people being led by the Spirit to be kind. So, so far, friends, a quick recap is that we see that kindness is God-inspired. We just kind of unpacked that kindness is Spirit-led. And finally, building on my last point with my friends and this family with the granola bars, faith, kindness in faith is action-oriented. Jerry Bridges wrote that kindness is a sincere desire for the happiness of others. Goodness is the activity calculated to advance that happiness. Kindness is an inner disposition created by the Holy Spirit that causes us to be sensitive and aware of the needs of others, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual. It's goodness, it's kindness in action, both in word and deed. And I tend to think of kindness in terms of those around us, how we can express this to them. And kindness may be as simple as a smile to a store clerk, you know, a thank you to a waitress, an encouraging word to somebody, the affirmation of a child. These simple things don't cost a lot of money or time, friends, but they are very valuable in the lives of those who receive it. Apart from God's grace, to be honest with you, I, I can tend to be more concerned about my responsibilities, my plans, my problems. I can just be sometimes internally focused. And, but the person who has grown in the fruit of the spirit of kindness has expanded their thinking. And again, Romans 12, 2, it's the renewing of the mind. It's about reminding ourselves of what God's taught us, at least in my life. You know, and it has developed a genuine interest in other people's well-being. In the early 90s, a young man raised in a good home with good parents found faith in Jesus in a small church youth group. He grew in his faith but experienced many falls, scrapes, and bruises and mishaps because he wasn't fully discipled. This young man began to sense a calling to ministry and finally taking a step of faith after many missed opportunities, he was afforded an opportunity in a local church who was needing some help. His previous life, however, caught up to him. And in the first season of ministry, he was facing a very difficult situation with his finances. A businessman serving in leadership in the church saw potential in this young man and invited him for a cup of coffee to discuss the situation he found himself in. After some time and assessment, the businessman invited him to come and meet with his bank to see if there's anything that could be done. So the young man met the businessman at the bank, sitting in the office with the bank manager. He heard the words that cut him to the core. Sir, in our opinion, you should not help or give a loan to this young man. His financial situation and history does not bode well for you. As he proceeded to talk, the young man was deflated and felt like he got what he deserved. Then he heard the words, the words that kind of changed a perspective in this young man, give him the money. Could he be hearing this correctly? Then he heard the bank manager talking to the businessman out of this statement, sir, we recommend you don't give any money to this man. And again, the young man heard the words, give him the money. The long and short of it is, is the businessman did co-sign for the loan. And first off, the young man paid back that loan in shorter time that was agreed upon. Secondly, the pastors of that church, seeing the potential in the young man, affirming his calling and character, decided to hire him as a youth pastor. However, it was found out much later 
being it was a small church at the time, didn't have budget for an additional staff pastor to youth. But miraculously, the money came in to hire the young man as the full-time youth pastor. That act of kindness changed the young man's life. That was almost 30 years ago. My life was changed by that, by that kindness, friends. I didn't deserve what I was given. And I can say that I've kept in touch with that man over the years who influenced my life in such a huge way, and I hope he's watching from wherever he is. I want him to know again how grateful I am for showing me, not just talking about kindness, but showing me kindness and the fruit of the Spirit in a life-giving way that actually changed the, the trajectory of my life. As I conclude this message, my good friend and fellow pastor, Jeff Baker, came up with five areas that he thought we need to get into the habit of practicing kindness every day. And I kind of modified it a little bit. Now, as I was prepping for this, I'm sure that you could come up with five or 10 more. And I don't know why, and I, I do feel like, I, I've, I've said this many times, I feel like I was the first child that was never diagnosed with ADD. And my mom and dad would probably tell you, I was hyper, I was always active and stuff like that, and I loved Sesame Street. And I don't know why, but when I was preparing for the closing of this, I, my mind drifted back to my days in, center, in Sesame Street. And so, being a Sesame Street guy, in closing, I want to conclude the sermon that is brought to you by the letter C, and the number five, okay? The first C is this, conversations with friends and family. There's a good chance that you're sitting here today that you've been hurt by words in conversations during this COVID season. You don't have to be mean because you're family. You don't have to be so direct that you alienate somebody. We can differ, we just can't divide. So friends, you know what? It's okay to be kind in our conversations. Number two C is uh, comments on every online platform. Everything you write online has the potential to be read by thousands of people. You know, it's, it's so easy to say words and want to take them back, but I think sometimes I think I should have not said anything if I wasn't going to say something that was kind and affirming. The third C is congestion. And I'm not talking about the congestion that comes with, you know, colds and stuff. I'm talking about congestion in traffic. I know people who become hostile the minute they get behind a wheel. And I'll tell you sometimes, my kindness is in short supply when I drive because I compare my awesome driving skills to the poor driving skills of someone else. I need to extend a little bit more kindness. And I found myself catching myself going, I've done that before. Stop judging. Be a little bit more kind, Wayne. The fourth one I call consumer service, which is being a good customer. When we're dealing with somebody who's serving you or dealing with a customer service representative, even if they don't do it right, even if they don't do it fast, even if they don't do it to your standards, I think that we can be the people that can extend kindness. In fact, I've, I've noticed myself, and I'm not as strong as I once was, but I'm going to bring it back again because it's a reminder. When they're name tag, and I like name tags, because then I can say, hey, Holly. And I can see right there where it says in training. And if they've got the term in training on their name tag, that's an opportunity for me to tell them they're doing good. You know, you're going to get this. You're, you're going to get this. You're doing okay. Thanks for your good service. And finally, the fifth C would be community folks who need your help. 
You're not gonna solve all the world's problems. We as a church are not gonna solve the world's problems. That's Jesus' job and God Almighty. But while we have an opportunity, sometimes we're gonna be able to say yes to the needs of other to people, and sometimes it's gonna be no. But here's the thing, whether it's yes or no, it's how we, how we respond. It's not with condemnation. It needs to be with mercy. It's okay to say no. But we can do that with kindness, the same way as when we say yes with kindness. 1 Corinthians 16, 14 says, everything you do must be done with love. It's not really an option. Everything you do needs to be done with love. So what's the relationship between love and kindness? Well, kindness is action-oriented. That's what kindness is. It's, it's love and action. Kindness is an emotion. It isn't just an emotion or a feeling. It's an action. You might have all sorts of different kinds of feelings and thinking regarding this topic, but really, if we want to step out, we need to do something. Kindness is something that you do towards someone. It's an activity or an event, an action. Kindness is love and action. The Christian life is, becoming, is, is about becoming more like Jesus. And what does it mean to be more like Jesus? It's about demonstrating this fruit, this evidence of the fruit of kindness in our lives. Because it's the qualities of Jesus in the Holy Spirit. Again, I point you to the scripture. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Kindness is God-inspired. Kindness is spirit-led. Kindness is action-oriented.